Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Director Showdown. It's your boy, Adam Dauphin, again. This is our second recording of this episode because dumbass me decided to put <laughs> our special, special, special guest, Sergio, on mute. <laughs> so we're doing it again. Yeah. Why not? No, I mean, I'm glad that we caught it within like the first couple minutes because yeah. imagine if we were fucking like Just 90 fucking... minutes in. <laughs> I, I would go in the, the backyard and fucking bury my head in that sand pit until I was dead. But, uh, <laughs> hey, it's Brent, uh, everybody, in case you didn't know. Um, yeah, what's up? So, uh, we are doing the 1994 classic masterpiece by Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction. Great film, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Loved it. Hell yeah. And uh, with us today, we have our buddy uh, Sergio in the building. Not Sergio Leone. No. Not the the spaghetti spaghetti western (laughs) fellow that Tarantino fucking would jizz all over if he could. You should have just said it was Sergio Leone. Yeah, <laughs> just acted like it was him the entire time. Is he even alive? No, I was going to say, not. he's not here. He's probably <laughs> not even dead. alive. That's yeah. probably why he's not here. Uh-huh. Well, you were in hell. Maybe you brought him back with you. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah, he was definitely down there. <laughs> On our prior record, we have a, we had a bunch of great jokes about Hades and stuff, but you know, yeah. you're just not going to get it on this yeah. one. on the cutting room floor. You don't deserve it. The James Woods jokes yeah. are behind Oh, the boy. Those Giuliani motorboat and Donnie Trump jokes. Now, now we're talking about <laughs> yeah, no. how funny the jokes were, yeah. which is always much funnier. So uh, <laughs> should have listened to what we didn't record. That's yeah, exactly. Much, much better than what we did record. Uh, but yeah, we we're here on a sec- the second chance, and hopefully that this works out. Because I wanted to ask Sergio, like, what what did he? What do you think about Tarantino and his career in general? I don't know. A lot of a lot of n words. Uh, <laughs> A lot of cuss words that I learned from that move, uh, those movies. It's fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but definitely, I mean, as a kid, it's just so so like visceral, so different from mm-hmm. you know any other filmmaker. It's just like, it, and it's it like sounds basic to like Tarantino now because everybody, you know, yeah. likes Tarantino. But back in the nineties, I mean, it was like fucking. It's just a whole other level of filmmaking. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's an interesting um, thing that I don't think we talked much about on Reservoir Dogs um, is, yeah, because I, I remember growing up and in, in, um, I, I think I went to my friend's house when I was in like, I don't know, maybe seventh grade. And at my house, I wasn't allowed to like watch rated R movies or play rated M games and shit like that. <laughs> uh, so I'd go to fucking his house for all that stuff to like get my rocks off. And, uh, like his, his, uh, his older brothers were like obsessed with, um, just like movies like 
Pulp Fiction and stuff like that. And I remember they put it on one day, and I only I only watched like thirty or forty minutes of it when I was there. But I was like, what the what is this? This is weird. I've never like seen anything like this. They're saying the f word every like every thirty seconds and like probably less than that. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean it it did feel different and like more fresh kind of mm-hmm. earlier on yeah. before Tarantino became a brand almost. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll just do a sort of context right away because uh, yeah. with me, like I first uh, got into Tarantino because of Reservoir Dogs. It was handed to me by. I mean, you heard this on the Reservoir Dogs cast, but you know, cool, you know, sexy indie chick, right? She let me borrow it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then um, my buddy, who uh, unfortunately is not with us anymore, like he let me borrow Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Ben Yukoi, R.I.P. Dude, you're a great dude. Um, but yeah, he let me borrow Pulp Fiction in high school, yeah. and uh, you know, I just thought it was like super badass, even though I did not understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like For oh, sure. this is cool. It's not linear, but I didn't understand why. You know what I mean? It was just like two cool guys in like black suits and black exactly. ties just like killing niggas yeah. you know yeah exactly like that's what you latch on to yeah. when you're a kid like the first like real time i saw it was definitely i, th- I think it was it might have been actually before reservoir dogs i'm not sure i know i watched reservoir dogs for the first time with you mm. but um it was around that time and and it was during that like super impressionable like high school age when we like were starting to like film stuff and like make our own little shorts mm-hmm. and things like that, and yeah, it's just like it it like opens your mind to like a new way of of uh, mm. like art, like movies, pretty much, you know. For sure. Um, so, Sergio, uh, are you familiar? Uh, before we move further into Pulp Fiction, I was wondering like what your thoughts were also on our other director, um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, is there uh, any particular movie that you enjoy of his? Well, definitely going to be what well, Boogie Nights is going to be his probably most popular mm-hmm. one, I would say. Mm-hmm. And definitely the closest one, I think, in grit and style to Tarantino, I would say. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, if I had to align anything with Pulp Fiction, it would probably be that film. That's, uh, that's oh, definitely yeah. something I thought about, too. And I think yeah. we talked about that a little bit on Boogie Nights, is how they are similar in a lot of ways. Um, the kind of like ensemble cast um the like the setting of la um i mean pulp fiction i mean is is modern day when it was made yeah but it it almost feels like a 70s movie like in a lot of different ways like the soundtrack oh yeah i think yeah like the aesthetic he went for was very retro Mm -hmm. but like for sure more like in the i guess just like the artistic and the, more of the audio sense, but the world they were in was definitely '90s, like America. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, do you have a preference of like which one you like more, which director? Um, I think I'm just more familiar with Tarantino. I think he's more. See, that's fair. That's yeah, like I, I think Paul Thomas Anderson. What else did he do? Magnolia. Magnolia. There will, there will be, be blood. There will be blood. Yeah. yeah, and I mean he's he's done more films that I think have more like weight as far as maybe like. Oscar-worthy movies, more on mm-hmm. the, um, I guess, highbrow art level. Mm-hmm. And Tarantino, definitely on the... Because you can watch a Tarantino movie and it's enjoyable on the... Just like on the regular, like, popcorn movie basis. Mm-hmm. And then also, as well, on the, on a higher level, you can look into everything further yeah, than right. what's on the surface. I think, I think that's interesting, though, because, like, um, 
like yeah, his his uh, PTA's like later movies I think are yeah. more high highbrow, but like his mm-hmm. earlier stuff like Boogie Nights and stuff are just like these really fun. Yeah, like, and I think with like Punch Drunk Love is the one that he kind of like pivoted into a more. Mm-hmm. "Quote unquote serious like filmmaker." Mm-hmm. Um, have you yeah. seen Inherent Vice by chance? No, I mean, that's the okay. Joaquin one. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I don't want to okay, watch that. The, I feel like that movie is so just like old school PTA though. Really? Yeah. But um, but yeah, I just mean, wanted, I wanted to gauge. Well, we'll get there when, whenever we. Do yeah, that for sure, absolutely. It'll be interesting. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, in case you're a, a pleb and you haven't seen um, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> We give you the, the come on down to Adam's IMDb summary corner where where we internet review... movie data boy. I think <laughs> was that week. it? Internet yeah. movie data boy. Yeah, I like it. So this one's given to us by J S Golden. All right, I, I feel like I'm also reviewing usernames when I do these. Yeah, J S like, Golden. Well, that's fine. seven out of ten. <laughs> so, so their their summary is. Series of lesser, more related, but separated short stories of crime and comedy that each result in an unexpected ending, including unexpected deaths, sudden twist, black comedy events, and horrific collu- collusions. <laughs> conclusions. Goddamn it. <laughs> Goddamn Trump's getting in my gut. My Giuliani's fucking head. In this movie? Right? Conclusions of crime as following consequences. You know what? That's not a very golden plot summary. Yeah. Sorry, you should be GS Bronze. <laughs> got him yeah um yeah four out of ten there what's his name j.s golden yeah um yeah that sounds like an alien describing what pulp fiction is <laughs> well there's certain events um really shocking deaths uh just like who doesn't like understand what's happening um but it's yeah. hard to to be fair to golden it'd be hard to really summarize this film mm-hmm. honestly that's Without true. like saying like yeah everything. asking asking somebody what's Pulp Fiction about uh, you just well, say yeah. just watch it that's all you say well I'd say it. I'd say it's about redemption right like that that's kind of like how I, what I took away from it is kind of like well yeah let's go around the table and asking like because mm-hmm. I'd love to to analyze what everyone thought like their like what's the underlying theme to the to Pulp Fiction because yeah. so because um, obviously there's three main stories yeah. and it's interesting to find what that interrelating theme is so yeah um i mean so it, it was really interesting watching it this time i i don't think i've seen it in probably four or five years at least and i feel like i caught on to a lot more this time yeah I like like everything just kind of clicked with me this time um and i i think redemption is is a big one in the sense that um that's kind of ultimately Jules' big arc. Like that's kind of like his big ending is that he, I mean, he he senses like the miracle of God, like the act of God or whatever, and then he realizes like I need to get out of this. Like this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. And maybe maybe more redemption in the sense of like Butch, Bruce Willis's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I definitely caught more this time. Well, I, I feel like for the first time I actually realized what was happening was the watch mm. scene with Christopher oh, yeah. Walken. Mm. That was brilliant, though. Like, the way mm. that they set up, like, that part of the movie is, what, like, 20, 30 minutes, maybe? Like, that section with the gold, the golden watch section? And the whole middle part. That, like, oh, with, including Bruce Willis. And yeah, and, like, all and that setup on uh, the importance of the watch. Just, like, it's, just, it's, it's really it's brilliant. Essentially just, like, a 
a soliloquy because <laughs> the kid's not yeah. responding at all. Just mm. Christopher Walken. It's a whole monologue. Yeah. Of like, just, then he yeah. goes like full Walken. He shoved it up his ass yeah. and he starts going like full his long. ass. His ass. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and I, I love like in this time right after that ended and it cuts to uh, Butch waking up before the fight and he's like that's when like after having that dream is when he's decided like no fuck that legacy is important to me and my family. Like, I'm not going to throw this fight. I'm going to have pride. Hmm. And, like, I'm actually going to fight this guy. He ends up yeah. killing him. So he ends up, like, making the right decision, which does have, like, these really bad consequences for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I love that, um, that how they kind of set up his backstory, like, yeah. his uh, drive, kind of. Yeah, he came from this family of, like, military members that died for their country. And then he's just, like, this sleazy yeah. boxer, like, taking fucking... Mm-hmm dives for money and then yeah. at the end it's like yeah he's like i have my pride this is what matters to me and like the whole his yeah. dialogue this is all that matters to me the watch is all that matters he could have forgotten every fucking thing else but he forgot mm-hmm. my watch yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly it was the uh it was described as a uh, because tarantino cut cut some dialogue from before he goes back into the, his apartment mm-hmm. like he actually has an internal debate on whether or not he should get the watch mm-hmm. and uh i like comes, how he cut that yeah because uh, it was just you know too much, but uh, essentially what what he was supposed to say is that he it's his war against Marcellus, you know, like that instead yeah. of like mm. his father's 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 wars, but this is now his war against Marcellus. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you could tell that like it's it's all about like his legacy, right? And it's like mm. like. That that's the point of drawing out this really long story about like your great grandfather in World War Two, your grandfather mm. and like and like that's it's just building up the importance of this one object to Bruce Willis. Yeah, and, and it was the ma- the fact that it was done in a matter of minutes, like it was just the importance of it was so set in stone. Mm. Like you're like okay, shit, like this watch means a lot. You know, what I mean, even mm. though he inserted that comedy and like subverse the whole fucking thing at the end yeah, of it yeah. with the ass show. <laughs> But, like, you know, it just, you're like, shit, now you get the magnitude instantly as as an audience. Like, it doesn't fall flat. Like, it actually, you feel the importance of the watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, speaking of subversion, uh, that's something that I picked up on, <laughs> yeah. like, from the beginning <laughs> yeah, of this movie. <laughs> um, and, I, and just being, like, a dumb kid, I don't know, who latched on to all the, like, action scenes and yeah, shit. Yeah, and the lines and, like... Yeah, and the dialogue. Like, he puts so much style over so much substance. Yeah, it's like the, the opening plays out like it's all exposition. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis... No, not Samuel Jackson Bruce Willis. It's Tim Roth and the girl. Yeah, Tim Roth and uh, the girl. Honey Bunny. Honey Bunny. Oh, I'm skipping ahead. Amanda to John Palmer. Travolta. <laughs> oh, you're the yeah, difference. John Travolta and Sam Jackson uh, when they're like walking in the hallway, and it's like playing out like exposition, uh, but it's yeah. just it's just to like learn who they are as characters. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that's like the big thing with this movie. It's like the subversion of the little things matter more than the big things. Like, they're going to kill someone. You're like, there should be suspense, there should be tension, but instead it's just this casual conversation. Yeah. And then it does it even further when they get to the door and they're like, nah, it's too early, let's hang back. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, it's, like, it's like, oh, it's like even when we're building to this moment, you yeah. like say, okay, well, let's, yeah, like not quite yet, you're going to well, have to wait a Well, that's what's minutes. cool about the, the camera is that it hangs on the door. Yeah. That part. 
and mm. then they're going because yeah, it's like like because as an audience you're like well i want to be at the door yeah. while they keep walking past it which is like a cool i thought that was a really yeah cool no, no shot. like that yeah. gives it that like it just like distills everything and makes it like just seem like regular normal life like mm-hmm. if you were standing there at the door and they walk away you just look at them from the door mm-hmm. you feel immersed like i think the dialogue immerses you too because of that it's very just well, real. even like how clever the dialogue is in the sense that it it's efficient in well dialogue is always supposed to be efficient in exposition but the way that he uses it he uses like actual casual conversation mm-hmm. to convey like characters that we haven't met yet like my mia wallace yeah, and yeah how he that. feels about yeah. like meeting her mm-hmm. and it's like they're just having a you know a store a just about foot massages, you yeah. know, like how normal people yeah. would talk. And he's just like Tarantino's just brilliant at that. Like yeah. he can write dialogue where it's just it's so innocuous and you don't think anything of it, mm, but yeah. it's like setting up so many nuggets. Yeah. It's actually that's important. Yeah, that pay off not, later. Mm, like one yeah. thing I took uh, notes in on that first scene where he goes in to um, intimidate uh, what was his name, Brad or something, the guy eating the burger, the guy whose burger he yeah, eats. Yeah, uh, School of Rock guy. <laughs> yeah, was that? Was yeah. that? Yeah, he's he's was like the Mr. music director, was it the real the Mr. Judge. Oh, okay, that was yeah, like the, no, he's the judge was... from School of Rock. Oh, he is. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't funny. know. Yeah, no, but anyways, yeah, like that scene, like, and there's shit like he sets up like like a lot of foreshadowing in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like he says, nobody uh, fucks Mar- Marcellus Wallace except for Mrs. Wallace. Mm-hmm. But then, oh, like shit. later yeah, on in the movie, yeah, yeah. he gets fucked like Marcellus <laughs> Wallace. And then when after yeah. the rape scene, it cuts back, and then the first line you hear is. Nobody fucks Marcellus Wallace except Mrs. Wallace, mm. and like he doesn't like being fucked by anyone else. There's some, something along those it's lines. Pretty brilliant. But yeah, like he yeah. brings it around. Like when they come back to that scene, that's cool. And, mm. I, I I love that. Uh, even in that, not to like stick on one fucking like three minute section, but this movie's so <laughs> dense. Like, yeah, uh, it's like he he so efficiently sets so many things up. Like he said, like like we're already like fearing Marcellus Wallace. Yeah, just from like this story of like. Like, oh, he just touched, like, his wife's feet. He threw him out a fucking window. Like, we're already fearing mm-hmm. this guy. Um, and, like, even, like, to move it to the next scene after that, I think, right, is when um, we're introduced to Bruce to Willis. Butch. Yeah. And, Which, like, yeah. we're, we're show, it's just showing him the I entire time. I love that time. part. Yeah, it's yeah, just like, like the I love that shot. Sh- yeah, that shot. The one so shot like, with dialogue off screen. And then when it shows just the back of his head, like, with the Band-Aid. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, like, Bing Rings cut himself, like, shaving, and Tarantino's like, let's like, just leave no, it in. Yeah, because it looks it. cool. Yeah. <laughs> but with no. that, the, the band-aid on the back of the head, have you heard the theory of, like, what's in the suitcase? Yeah, the soul of... And, the, and yeah. it's the soul, and apparently, yeah. like, there's some shit where, like, your soul gets taken out from the back, the back of your head. Back, yeah. And I'm like, was it coincidence, or was it intentional? I, I like, I don't even know. That's the fun. <laughs> and, that's yeah, the fun that's, about it. You just, you just make it up, you And know? just the, that's another thing, like, that's really set in there, that just the whole religious, like, the divine intervention, uh arc i guess throughout the movie in the 666 yeah. i mean it's yeah the 666 like... on the suitcase mm. not only that then like um i also saw like the i guess the the difference between vince and then jules as far as like jules took that as a miracle he focused on the divine part of it so he took that changed his ways he grew as a person he you know wanted that like redemption angle mm-hmm. whereas vince was like no it's bullshit it's fake but then like just trouble befalls him not only from going to the restroom every, every time he goes to the restroom something bad happens but yeah yeah um like he doesn't like take the miracle as a miracle so then the next thing that happens is he shoots uh what's his face phil uh phil lamar 
in the yeah, backseat exactly. of the car. He's just he's cursed now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he keeps like putting off God, and every time he does that, like something <laughs> bad happens. To yeah. Him. And well, he, and then it ends up like killing yeah, him. At the yeah, end. exactly. Because like, uh, Jules gets or Jules, yeah, he gets mm-hmm. out. And alive, then but. that's like another thing that's cool too is that, like it, um, it's it's set it up and like watching it this time again and I didn't catch it till I watched like um, I watched this thing on YouTube just like for trivia stuff or like facts yeah. it wasn't like really a piece of trivia but it was like a piece of the plot that I didn't catch so like um, when Vince dies it's after the diner scene of course mm-hmm. uh, so in, ty- in the real real timeline yeah um so that gun that Butch finds on the counter, that's Marcellus's yeah, that's gun. His gun. Yeah, that's because Marcellus was staking out the apartment. That's why he had the two cups of coffee yeah. when he was crossing the He was the taking street donuts and coffee. To bring cause, back. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, that's very serendipitous that he ran into him on the yeah. street randomly. But they were casing the it house. It wasn't completely oh. coincidental. Yeah, because yeah. Jules retired, sure. so Marcellus mm. went himself because Jules wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, it's because yeah, it's a personal hit. He has I never would have. So, so essentially, yeah, that, that whole yeah. arc comes back around to Jules retiring mm. because of the miracle and all that. Mm, like it, yeah. kind of, it all comes back. Well, and then it trickles down to ulti- affect Marcellus and Butch. And yeah, like, and ultimately yeah. Vince too that dies. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> God, that's wild. Yeah, man. so it's like this whole like thing. It's like, do you choose to believe and then you have a path of faith and righteousness and you're saved. Yeah, speaking of that, I feel like it's not necessarily just redemption. Like, this whole movie is about, like, free will and choice. Yeah, free will and choice, definitely. Like, that's what it is with every single character. Like, yeah. Jules is a type of guy who, who actively just chooses not to... Um, take action in things like he has zero control other yeah control is another thing of this movie mm. like jules goes with the flow no not no vincent i'm sorry vincent yeah. goes with yeah, the flow yeah. all the time yeah he has zero control he he's a drug addict he um when he goes into mia wallace's uh house oh, yeah, yeah she's yeah. on a control panel watching him Mm-hmm. Telling him what to do, controlling him. <laughs> um, he's controlled by his bowels. Like he's always, whenever he takes a shit, yeah, uh, he something bad happens. You know, yeah. he's in the diner. You know, they get shot up by. The, well, you know, the burglars or the thieves are there. Yeah, yeah. And when he gets, then when he's taking a shit, he uh, also is. Uh, he gets. He dies. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes out and there's there's Bruce Willis, right? Yeah. So. He he is like he's when he's on the shitter he's reading some like pulp he's actually reading like a pulp novel right like mm-hmm. um, he's like trapped by the pop culture it's like he's like immersed yeah. in that and then always like because yeah. like he's he dresses like Elvis you know he's he's like no control over his like whole mm-hmm. being yeah you know and that's why I thought was super interesting is that like this movie is pulp fiction. And it's like the cult, like pop culture. It, this is post. This is like a super postmodern film because mm-hmm. it's using pop culture as a as a plot device to influence like what these people do. Yeah, you know. And then with Jules, like he's like completely in control at all times. Yeah, you know, like he's super. He knows exactly what he's doing, so that's why he takes everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And takes it seriously. Yeah. Know? Well, and then when he enacts his free will mm-hmm. uh, after the guy shoots his gun at them, mm-hmm. and they it doesn't hit either of them. 
Uh, like, that's when he, like, pivots into a path that's, like, not going to get him killed. Yeah, and he chose to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I want to I talk about the anal symbolism, because I think that's, like... <laughs> I mean, it's oh, I like, forgot to. Yeah, you told me to look for that stuff and because I it's not. It, it's so intentional in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no. It's not random, honestly. That Marcellus gets like raped. You know. Yeah. For it's sure. not random that Vincent is uh, fucking taking a shit every time something bad happens. It's not random <laughs> that Christopher Walken's character stuck a watch up his ass. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like. I feel as though, like, when something goes on with with the anal, you're, <laughs> you're like, in a more feminine, uh, out-of-control, like, sort of position, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, you say you get fucked in the ass, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of, like, when I saw... Man, I don't re- I don't recommend watching this movie, but... Mm-hmm. 120 Days of Sodom, maybe you guys heard of that? I've heard it's of it, yeah. Fucking... I've been told to never watch that movie. I, I almost, like, puked. But there's a lot of <laughs> fucking anal-like symbolism. Is it well, worse than Serbian? Metaphor. Yeah. Well, I haven't well, seen Well, with Sodom in the title. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't know if it's worse. But it's like... It's like it, it, Is it's... it about Iraq? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a... It's a very intentional thing in this film. Because, like... Marcellus is a guy who we always was set up to think that he was completely in control. And has so much power... And then to be in that position where he's getting, like, raped, mm-hmm. you know. Do you think, I mean, do you think it's something as simple as, like, we don't have power? Yeah. Because I feel like it's with Marcellus, the most powerful guy in the movie, mm. at the end getting, like, raped in the ass. Mm. Uh, every time John Travolta's, like, on the toilet, he's viewed as, as like, powerless because he walks out into the diner afterwards mm. and then yeah. it's, like fucking chaos or he's getting killed mm. uh and then what's the other one the guy's stuffing it up his ass like yeah they're in a pow camp yeah, so it's yeah. like there's like a powerlessness to yeah i exactly. guess what that represents You're like life is just fragile like throughout the mm. film like everything just can turn on you on, in a second mm. and like it's just uh and he does that a lot with a tonal shift like everything will be like cool chill they're like, just talking and then just like yeah. suddenly Dude, just, the, like, something the vince, fucked up happens. yeah the vince and mia scene like that always catches me off yeah. guard how like intense it is yeah when she fucking ods and they're like racing to the guy's oh, house and, like, <laughs> like that 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 um yeah exemplifies what you're talking about with how he um doesn't have any control over anything like it just yeah. erupts into chaos and just by happenstance like he his moment of clarity uh could have been when she lived you know what i mean yeah. like like the equivalent of like how jules saw that and was like fuck i need to take this as a sign mm-hmm. like that could have been that moment for vincent but, yeah, he, but he doesn't he refuses to see the signs and that's why he ends up how he mm-hmm. does y- yeah exactly so yeah and i think that's that's like a theme that's recurring with that character too mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. he doesn't take any lessons from yeah. anything that like the consequences of anything yeah know? for sure and he's like just just preoccupied with pop culture you know yeah. i feel like i feel like it, that's quinn tarantino like that's yeah. part of him in in vincent's character and you know what was the whole like french obsession throughout the, did you notice there's, oh, like, a lot of french he just like, likes um because um, there was like a butch had a french girlfriend mm. uh talks about the royale with cheese which is french talks about french fries in holland <laughs> with the mayo um, what well, else? He makes other French like a lot. Well, that one is a pop culture. Thing. A direct kind of uh, pivot into trivia. 
Um, another French connection here is uh, what, what's the name of the diner they go to? Um, Jackrabbit Slims. Jackrabbit Slims, yeah. which I just want to say is like, if that was real, I'd probably hang out there all the time. Yeah, it looks time. fucking cool. That place looks so <laughs> right? fucking cool. It's like not just a diner; they have a dance floor. It's like a bar. Like and that place looks dope. Like dope as hell. He packed and, all and the Steve Buscemi time. dressed as uh, Buddy, Buddy yeah, Holly. Yeah, which I just caught for the first that, time this time. And that was another piece of dialogue that I thought was maybe like foreshadowing when he asked them, "How do you want your steak? Like extra bloody or, or bloody as hell bloody or burnt to crisp?" Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the burger. She, they both order bloody. Which I, I, I guess the symbolism there with like the foreshadowing with death, living dangerously. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I was like thinking maybe menstruation on the sexual side of things, because <laughs> they have like a sexual tension going, and you know Tarantino's fucking gross <laughs> like that. I mean, uh, you could have those those dual meanings for sure. Layers, yeah. layers. Donkey. Um, Donkey. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So the scene where they dance, um, where Vincent and Mia dance at uh, Jackrabbit Slim's. I thought it looked familiar this time, and it's because I just saw Eight and a Half for the first time, like, a few months ago, and they took that from Eight and a Half. Like, mm-hmm. like note for note, every move they're doing yeah, is the yeah, same like, dance that they do in Eight and a Half. Is that one musical, or what is it? It's the... Um, it's Italian. It's like the Italian, like, uh... I don't uh know his, his name is, uh... Fellini? Fellini. Okay, Rico yeah, Fellini. I think I, I've seen the Eight the and a Half is, yeah. a, is, is fantastic. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um... But yeah, so that's ripped directly from that. Well, with the with the French stuff, that's uh, Godard. He 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 fucking loves Godard. Oh yeah, and then the the garçon at the beginning. Yeah. Garçon. That means that's, that's boy in French, especially. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of other like trivia bits. Um, I did I didn't even catch this when I first saw it, but so the last scene in the movie is Butch and uh, Fabienne. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Fabian. Uh, riding away on a motorcycle, and the first sound you hear in the movie is the oh, same yeah. motorcycle engine. And like I didn't even yeah yeah so cool. I saw that too. Like, what yeah. really? Yeah, like, yeah, so you hear like the the motorcycle at the beginning when they show the little uh, oh, definition shit. of bolt. That's cool, and then uh, yeah, like that. That was pretty cool. Well, if you look at uh, if you like the beginning scene when it's uh, Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer, like you'll see Vincent in the background walking towards yeah. the back the bathroom. Yeah, that, yeah, that's another one I read, and I was like, oh, I didn't even fucking catch that. And I, like, I, I knew to look for it because yeah. I know that it, yeah. like they come mm-hmm. to a head at the end. But um, you actually hear Samuel Jackson's dialogue like very quietly. Oh, oh, yeah, that's so cool yeah. that he like goddamn thought of all that like layers, donkey. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of like fascinating just casting stuff. Yeah, uh, like Matt Dillon almost played Butch, mm-hmm. uh, but then they gave it to Bruce Willis because he was bummed that he didn't get to play Vincent. because <laughs> yeah. like everybody tried to play Vincent, including Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> yeah, like, I heard about that. Nuts. Like I heard, uh, uh, what's her name? Julia Louis Dreyfus was supposed to be Mia. And then, like, she couldn't do it because of Seinfeld. And, like, they originally wanted to do it. Yeah, that would have yeah, been, been weird, yeah. She said, I've never seen her in... Dude, Uma Thurman, like... Yeah, I, yeah, well, that, so I mean, that movie her. made her, though. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Like, that was her first big, like... I can absolutely. only see her doing it. Um, so, I didn't fucking catch this. Towards the end of the movie, Jules says he wants to retire and become a drifter. In Kill Bill Volume 2, Samuel L. Jackson turned up to play Rufus, uh, a piano-playing drifter. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Tarantino verse shit in this one, mm-hmm. like the Fox Force yeah. Five or whatever. And she describes Kill like Bill, literally yeah. describes the team from Kill Bill. Right. The five. Yeah. 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 There's a French one, a Japanese one, a black one. And, uh, so that's yeah. what I was telling Brian. I thought yeah. like maybe 
Mia Wallace like was playing. Yeah, and that's uh, a theory. Like, yeah, it's like a movie in, Kill in Bill. the Pulp Fiction universe. Well, he's confirmed that that yeah. Kill Bill is in the Pulp Fiction universe, right? Yeah, he did so recently confirm that. Yeah. Pretty sure that's probably Mia Proof, Wallace. Yeah, Death Proof, Planet Terror, mm-hmm. uh, because the cop that's in Planet Terror is the same cop that's in Kill Bill, and also. Uh, what's the one I mentioned earlier that I hadn't seen? Um, um, that he true wrote. romance, true romance. Okay, and yeah, the so, same I haven't seen, seen true romance. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. You guys need to check that out. You gotta get on it's that. Pretty shit. good. I mean, um, Tony Scott is like a R.I.P. He was great, man. Yeah, Tony Unstoppable. Was, yeah. Fucking massively underrated movie. That train movie. Top yeah. It's fucking good shit. <laughs> um, I mean, that's kind of it. We kind of hit on a lot of the trivia that I was going to bring up. Oh so well, if you have some shit, let's feel see. Free. Uh, Bruce Willis and the Gimp were buddies, drinking buddies. I'm not kidding. Like during or yeah, during before? the during the the shoot, like he was he was like a super like advocate to like let's hurry up do the scene because that guy's in a leather suit. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. He's actually like he they like went to Bruce Willis's trailer and just like drank like like expensive drinks and shit. God, what a what a time to be alive. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and like to be after a fly on the wall, right. after he punches the the guy in the 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 gimp. He like hugs him to make sure like are you okay, dude? Like Bruce oh. Willis is like a cool dude. So well, Kevin the, Smith. Yeah, I was gonna say at that time, but not with Kevin Smith. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I think I Kevin Smith say, is more on the blame for yeah, that. Yeah, he's kind Bruce of abrasive Willis. and weird watching, from what I've seen. Watching, uh, yeah, watching this again just bummed me out because I was like, dude, Bruce Willis has so much like potential. <laughs> yeah, and like he can be so good if you know how to use him. And yeah. or he gives a shit. Like if he doesn't give a shit, though, yeah, I think he movie, just doesn't give a shit. He's anymore. gonna phone it. I feel like his last. He was okay in Looper. I didn't even think he was great in Looper, but mm. um, it's a shame, man. Fucking Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, come open on the show. By. Let's talk about it. I let's mean, see let's get let's it. get you in the zone again. We, we need to look who's talking again. You know what he did <laughs> when they want when they want. I think it was when they either wrapped up shooting or won the Palme d'Or. Um, he just like Bruce Willis just bought out like the bar at the hotel and just partied out with every all the cast and crew. I was like, this guy's like a cool guy. Yeah. So it's like, happened to him? I don't know. I just I just heard about all that Kevin Smith stuff and I was like, why is why is that a thing? You yeah. Because yeah, I mean, because Quentin Tarantino's recent. fucking eccentric as hell, and if you can get along with Tarantino, it's like. What's, yeah, what's wrong with Kevin Smith? With everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you would think, I mean, they're both like just '90s dudes that are like, ah, oh, fuck shit, cockle. Like they're right. just like super, like, like super raunchy NPC, and like, like yeah. yeah. You'd yeah. think they'd all kind of be birds <laughs> yeah. of a feather. In that sense. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, he has a role for old, old Brucey boy in uh, Once Upon a Time in I Hollywood. Hope so, I, yeah, Bruce, get him, Bruce, get him back. back in it. Get him back in the come game, back, Bruce. Like I said, I feel like Robert Rodriguez inherited him and like. <laughs> Oh, well, he, was, he had a small <laughs> oh, role in uh, Four Rooms in Tarantino's. Uh, yeah, thing. Four Rooms. That, I that thought was, it was like, like shortly after Pulp. Pulp. That was after. Oh, it was after. Pulp was it after? Yeah. yeah, because Tarantino originally thought it would be like they thought they were going to do multiple directors for Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Thank God that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> then they decided to do it with Four Rooms instead. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Like I used to love Robert Rodriguez, but now I see his stuff. Dude, I'm God. like, he's like so like he does the same shit every time. I think he really peaked at Spy Kids too. Yeah, <laughs> and like in four four rooms, you're like, this is the fucking Robert Rodriguez one, the one with the kids. Like this yeah, is, man. I know this is his. Like I didn't even have Dude, to see speaking, the credits. Speaking of, uh, I want to bring this up now because we're not covering um, Death Proof, 
and yeah. we're talking about Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. But like, still to this day, I think mm-hmm. the best movie going experience I've ever had was going to see Grindhouse when it was in theaters. Right, that was great. I, yeah. Like Nick Lawless and I skipped uh, mm. like the second half of uh, classes at uh, <laughs> O'Connor, and we just like went, and then it was a, it was fucking incredible, dude. Like both movies were a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I just wanted to give that a special shout out, and I, I really wish they would do more Grindhouse. Like double. Well, it's it like an it experience as well. Yeah, it's really with the tra- uh, trailers in between. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you have machete out of it too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, since Grand House didn't uh, do well at the box office, a lot of studios started approaching Tarantino and said, "Hey, you know, need a script? Is he gonna do so hot, Chief?" Oh, and really? Then, yeah, because he because he did Inglorious Bastards after, after yeah yeah Grindhouse, right? Yeah. So. That's why he was like, oh shit, well I better like do something that yeah. I want to do. So then he ended up doing Glory and, Masters. I mean, thinking of... It's got to be because Grindhouse, if you look at it like on a sheet of like... It how was many, the wrong time. Can, if it was yeah. released now, everybody would fucking like be into it, I think. It, well, and it takes right. up it takes up a block of like four to four and a half hours yeah. of the movie theater. And like mm. that, you can't sell It was sell too tickets. niche. Like it, yeah, it, it yeah. wasn't a, a, a ticket seller. You got to do, was... do like a draft house release for it or something. Or a yeah. drive-in or some shit like that. I'm sure that, it did you know? good with those areas like where for it's sure. like definitely with like more hipster type people. Or but people I would... I would love to see two <laughs> yeah. like different directors do something like that, like an yeah. Edgar Wright or somebody. Well, I'm saying like, that he's so good. Draft House, Elmo Draft House, wasn't as like big. No, then. definitely wasn't. And yeah. I feel like if Grindhouse came out now, a it's lot of people legs. would be like, yeah. 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 Well, I think there's more. Yeah, there's would... more of an audience because now, like, we're in a culture of niche things. Like everything is like has exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go to the the draft house and see some like, I want to see the Mean Girls uh, quotathon. Yeah, uh, like it's yeah. very tea party, yeah. tea party time. Yeah, <laughs> watching English. Exactly. Yeah, like nowadays we cater a lot to you know people with like just this particular interest. I'm gonna go to the drive-in and watch all of Clueless, the cartoon TV show. It's <laughs> like it's so fucking TV niche. Show. I don't think it's even a thing. But, <laughs> Wasn't there yeah. a re- like a real life or like a, a uh, there's a, a, there's a movie know, Clueless? But there. anyway, I just want to give a shout out to Grindhouse. Uh, Grindhouse. Grindhouse, come on, yeah, come on down come on to the back. Pack. So like, shout out to Alicia Silverstone and uh, <laughs> yeah, to Alicia Donald Faison. Uh, Paul Rudd, you're great in it. Uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd's doing all. He looks Paul the Rudd same damn all. age. Like, dude, it's weird. Some, yeah, he he got like a gypsy to curse him or some weird shit. Like, younger. Goddamn. What about the cameos, man? Kathy Griffin. That was yeah, 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 yeah. Funny. Would you count that as a cameo, or is that just like a an early bit role? For her? Well, uh, apparently, apparently no, that's called her movie career. No, like Phil feet. Phil Lamar was part of this comedy troupe oh, yeah. called oh, the got, Groundlings. You got her in there. Oh, oh the and, Groundlings. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Kathy Griffin was also the Groundlings, and so was oh. like a bunch of those fucking people. Phil Lamar, that that makes a yeah. lot of sense. Um, who who else? I definitely know there were other ones. Well, there's right? Buscemi. Uh, well, I guess Harvey mm-hmm. Keitel wasn't really a cameo more so than he was an actual, an actual yeah. character. Yeah. Um, there was another one. Um, I mean, Tar- Tarantino. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. <laughs> so Tar- okay, yeah. Tarant- I was just going to... That's so funny you brought yeah. that up. Tarantino almost played Eric Stoltz's character. Yeah, but he wanted, and, to, he wanted to be behind the camera for, for, the, yeah. for that mm-hmm. scene. I yeah. think... And then uh, Robert Rodriguez directed the Jimmy scene. So what? Like he was yeah he directed that scene where I didn't know that oh that's yeah, kind of, he that's was he's funny. uncredited but he did direct that scene I thought that scene looked a little less than stellar for, <laughs> for you know what? yeah you're right 
kind of mariachi. No, you know what's so funny is that in where's that the film scene, grain? Where's the film grain? In, in that scene too, Jimmy directs. Um, did you catch that? Like Jimmy directs Samuel L. Jackson. He's like, no, 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 spray it a little further up, spray it on his face. And I was like, that's such a like weird, funny meta moment to like have the director telling yeah. the actor in character as yeah. the character telling another character to spray the guy. And you know that like he took it as direction. Like absolutely, it's just so it's so great. I was like, man, he dropped like so many hard R's in that first like. God, first he was scene. having a. I was good like, man, time. he just Storage, really like, yeah. <laughs> God, he, was he was having a good time. Like, it was like Django and Chain condensed. And God, he's like, I'm just acting. It's fine. I can say the <laughs> I can say the N word repeatedly. And he has like that that like just the dead N word story. Yeah, just cracks me up every time. But like, like, he, he, he does that like fascination with like these really super racist villains that are like For really sure. absurd, like, like Calvin Candy dude. Yeah. Like, well, then like even Zed, and then he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like, does any mini miny mode like yeah, catch right. an N word? <laughs> yeah, like, God, dude. And then another thing I caught, like I don't know if it's kind of like a I I saw a connection to Kill Bill where like the bike that Zed drives, like all these sexual deviants, they drive like these vehicles that are like really absurd and like super oh, like because like yeah, the pussy wagon right. in yeah, Kill yeah, Bill, yeah, ra- like and dude, he comes that, scene, that I didn't yeah. even know. I I didn't even click that in my head. Like yeah, the no, Zed and. That, yeah. yeah, and he gets on that bike. Like, it's called Grace, and then it's got mm. the big purple lettering. And then yeah. just like on Kill Bill, like pussy that guy wagon. that was raping the dead, or like the chicks in comas, mm. was like <laughs> he has the pussy wagon. Apparently, the, the reason why it was called Grace was that it was a it it delivered Bruce Willis from evil. It's yeah. like you know redemption again, right? So yeah. Yeah. Grace that, is those the religious vehicle. undertones, right? Yeah, I and mean, yeah. I, I texted you when I was watching it that like this is the first time that it clicked to me that like. Uh, Butch slash Bruce Willis is like ultimately like the hero of the movie because mm. like every opportunity he makes like the right choice yeah. and yeah. like uh, yeah and I, I do like probably one of if not my favorite scene in the movie is when he's leaving the uh, oh, shop that is like shot shot, shot 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 yeah I fucking love that scene when like we track him is it a one shot is it a long shot when he goes, when he no, he grabs the keys. That was that was a cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know Zed's keys, and then he walks towards uh, the door, and he has Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee license plate in the uh, the yeah. background, and it's like he's supposed to be going there, so he has to make a choice. Oh, I never, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay, so I realized, I realized why you brought up the shots now. Yeah. Um, so that was cool because it's like there you have the subliminal messaging. Yeah. Well, kind then, of like into his subconscious, like, well, I could choose between going to yeah. Then like right by the saving. door over the thing, it says there's a sign, and then like the only letters that are lit up, yeah, like, kill, yeah, and then, kill, and then it's ED, <laughs> but then he's got the like the chain right before that cut where it says the Z, so kill Z. Z. I feel yeah. like I picked up so much more shit this time yeah. that I missed all this stuff. Yeah, like, another scene that has that is yeah. um, the adrenaline scene. There's. Oh, Life yeah. and operation <laughs> yeah, are on the ca- on the coffee table, like oh, the two board Jesus. games. Yeah, fuck man, you guys had your fucking eagle eyes on when you watched it this time. <laughs> well, I guess I saw it twice. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that I just love that scene so much because mm. uh, even tying into shots too, like he walks out, we see that he's gone, and then like, and then he after a few moments he like walks back in, and you're like, oh shit, what's? Uh, it's yeah. like he's made his choice, like he's mm. decided that like this guy who wants to kill him. 
the easy route is to leave, but he decides to like take yeah. the difficult and route. And what's even further solidified, like the theme of choice, is that he literally chooses what <laughs> weapon yeah. he wants to do, and he's going. And it also cross references with pop culture because he's yeah. going through all these pop culture iconic weapons. Yeah, you know, you have the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre yeah, one. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have the like bad the Walking Tall Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he finally looks up. You know, he's, you know, it's the uh, the that power angle where he's looking down on him from like this amazing Japanese katana. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he chooses that one, mm-hmm. and then he goes and saves the day. Yeah, and apparently that's from some old kung fu movie, like the actual sword design. Mm. I thought it was a Hattori Hanzo. I was gonna say like I wonder if that's like if but, Hattori Hanzo if that's on his wall and yeah. Well, oh, I think they've brought that back into play because I think didn't what's her face the bride get rid of like her shit like she got rid of her sword and like yeah and then yeah. she had to get a new like, one like floating around in a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, what are some other uh, shots you guys were that uh, stuck out to you? Um, just the close-ups, like, all throughout, like, even at the beginning, the opening scene, um, he does, like, very, like, just super, super close-ups that are real fuzzy on focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the waitress, when she comes in, and, like, when they're talking about, the like, robberies, and then, like, she comes in, and it's, like, very intrusive, and, like, the angle just, like, it cuts suddenly to her. Like, that really illustrates, you know, those, um, like, the importance of objects and people and yeah. just, you know, interactions. Like, he really does a lot of, like, cuts to close-ups like intentionally yeah for sure um yeah i mean i brought up earlier too like i love the um marcellus wallace like introduction mm-hmm. just like to keep it on like just completely one-sided like you have no control like you have no power over like yeah. seeing who this person is like it's just all on but marcellus what's great about that shot too mm-hmm. is that it shows the the shadow and light on his face so it's actively conveying the idea of choice, like which which one is he gonna go? Bruce Willis gonna go like light and dark? Yeah, because yeah. he has the red and the, the, the old, light, the old yeah. uh, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this was '94, so Force Awakens stole yeah, from stole the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, apparently, like I heard somewhere that um, Butch was the one that keyed Vince's. Mouth. Oh yeah, That's yeah, definitely. What and then like because right, yeah. they suggest that I guess in that scene where they have like that weird like because he says pol. I never knew what like Polak or whatever. He calls him like Paluka. Paluka. Which, yeah, which means That's like somebody that's, that's like takes dives. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was a it was a it was a boxer who yeah it was like a, like boxer a failed boxer a yeah. yeah. Or oh, shitty boxer. Yeah. Interesting. What was the? Do, do you guys know what the connection was with the show that? Um, uh, what's his girlfriend? The French Fabian. Fabian, uh, like the motorcycle movie. Oh, I actually know that. Yeah. One. Okay. Cool. Because I, I was like, this is this means something, but I I couldn't find like what it meant. That one is uh, it it was it was only to it was from like uh this this commando movie. I forgot what it was, mm-hmm. and it was just to foreshadow the motorcycles that bruce willis uh is going to ride at the end oh yeah okay and it also to initiate the uh kind of ptsd of the quote-unquote ptsd that he was experiencing with Mm. his father and his uh you know his father's before because they were in war so it just reminded him of the watch was that like the vietnam war too where his dad died it was vietnam yeah. yeah so was the movie also like vietnam it looked like Asians in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, oh, yeah, the probably. Movie, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was simply 
to me, at least, it goes back to what I was saying about pulp culture as as a literary device, mm-hmm. as opposed to for the sake of it, because it's like whether we like it or not, pulp culture is influencing us subliminally. Like, it's like he hears that he sees like some action film, and it's like, oh, this reminds me of uh, mm. my father's. Um, my father's fathers now they've been in a war and whatever and then subliminally it's like oh well you know a motorcycle is important to what's going on here Mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's i want to hear what you guys think about this it's just like it's weird because like this movie is about free will but also how pop culture like actually forces us to do stuff you know what i mean yeah because it's like the same with vincent you know he chooses to immerse himself with the with pop culture and let that control him. I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's even more interesting when you factor in the fact that, uh, Pulp Fiction has become a huge, yeah, it's like, like where do we go from here? It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. And like realizing that the movie itself is commenting so much on that and then it ends up becoming, well, we, we come to, to Deadpool, you know, like Mm -hmm. that, that sort of thing where you're doing pop culture references just for the pure sake of it to indulge on it yeah you know it's kind of like how action movies because i was thinking about this like why do i like action movies Mm. because you know they're like i just enjoy spectacle and i love watching action movies Mm. in that sense but like is there a real point to it yeah. Not really. I mean, I could watch. Like, does it, does it have a real life application? Yeah. Is, like, is there a purpose to this action? Like, yeah, is it supposed yeah. to? Because with Pulp Fiction, it uses pop culture as a way to drive its point, mm-hmm. like the the theme of the movie. While you know, like Deadpool or I don't know Transformers or anything like that, they just use the means to for spectacle and just for the sake of it. Yeah. Sense, you know. I guess, like, now everyone just thinks pop culture is the cool thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. everybody wants, everybody yeah. is a part of it now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Pulp Fiction, I think, you know? was just a couple uh, or a few decades, like, before its time, almost. Like, I feel like people really kind of sleep on, like, the deeper, like, meanings about, like, pop culture and kind of the postmodern aspects of mm-hmm. it. Uh, because for, like... Uh, preferring like the Deadpool side of it, like the mm. super surface level, like that's a reference to a thing I know, like the Family Guy yeah. right. aspect to it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, because to think about. yeah, that's like it's like capitalism has appropriated like pop culture and then yeah. has turned into a money making machine. Mm-hmm. While it's like no, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. It's like oh, I know what what the use of pulp of pop yeah, culture is it's, like, it's no longer satirical for communicating it's just, yeah. you know it's they've make it made it marketable it's a it's mm-hmm. a you know a commodity now like to have mm-hmm. pop culture references i mean it. it's part due to the fact of how successful pulp fiction yeah is. well let's well, say the advent of the internet too has a lot to do with it now yeah. like everybody everybody knows memes everybody knows the same jokes right, everybody. Right. so like now it's like let's make a movie about that and just like dig in. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think there's going to be the post irony. Like that's what comes after irony, irony. Well, it's like, that's what comes after (laughs) postmodernism is just like the idea of that using the vehicle postmodernism to convey a genuine point. Yeah. You know, like you're being, you know, you're like, you're acting like, Oh, I'm a, like Shia LaBeouf is like the perfect example. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if you really listen to him, he's like, he like wants to be a genuine person, but he's just trying to be kind of ironic about it. And yeah, that's the only yeah. way you can communicate. He's using people. that as a vessel to like yeah. take that. That's post irony. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, and then like we talk about how like Guardians, like Volume Two, is kind of mm-hmm. like that too. Some of the Marvel movies. But just that. to clarify the point for the listeners, yeah, yeah, it, you know the whole everyone loved that meme of him saying, "You can do it." You know, you're the was it? You're the best or whatever. Yeah. yeah Don't right. give up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it seems ironic, but it's like a good message, like. It's like, hey, don't give up on what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. But he's doing it in an ironic way, so that's like post irony. Yeah, because yeah. because otherwise people won't listen. And it's right, like, I gotta make that's it look like thing. I'm having a nervous fucking breakdown. Right, it's, it's, it's a yeah. sneaking sincerity <laughs> yeah, in, sneaking in a package sincerity. of, uh, yeah, like irony, irony. or yeah. yeah, just like like winking. Winking. It's it's like it's like to put it. That's like a facial expression. It's winking, but you're crying like a tear at the same it's time. Like, it's like it's hot take. Is that what Kanye's doing right now? Probably. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like who the fuck knows, man. I feel like his message is trying to be like. I've thought about it more, and mm. it's like maybe his message is saying that we're all slaves right now to like you know. To what people say, yeah, to, to, to the cult, to the to celebrity, to yeah. well, it's kind of like a this that. is America thing. I feel yeah. like I just feel like Donald Glover's doing it way, <laughs> way more intelligently and like artistically. Well, he, yeah, well, he's doing it, yeah from an artistic angle, but yeah. like what Adam's saying, he's doing the the postmodern like. Okay, he's like he's like, inside yeah. of it right. Yeah, now. yeah like, he's like yeah, I'm gonna yeah, say something it. controversial. Okay, yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. put it into the, it, the yeah, and that's like he's just gonna put in the ether and like let people soak it in because otherwise people aren't going to listen they'll listen when they're like oh kanye's crazy so let's listen to this crazy guy rant but in reality yeah. he's kind of telling you some truth so kanye is the sacrificial lamb <laughs> of post-irony society is what we're talking about oh man so that's why <laughs> how the fuck did he get into this broke through his mk ultra programming <laughs> well it's just like after watching this yeah. after watching pulp fiction it's just like i was thinking about like what do you what do you do what do you do? And like, what do you do next? What do you I do mean... next? Right? Because he know he from Quentin Tarantino loves films, mm-hmm. so that's what it, it's that's what's encompassed his whole life. So of course he's gonna make films about films, mm-hmm. right? So that's postmodern. He's gonna use the yeah. filming conventions. You know, he's still he subverting them. Like he's subverting yeah. like film and the films that he loves. He's taking you know the core of it and then using it to like kind of shit on the whole the, the conventions yeah. of film you know what's but fascinating i'm oh, sorry no go ahead go ahead but that's the, that's why i wanted to bring up like where do we go from here because it's yeah. like oh we know that he's that everyone's inspired by a movie that's about movies and it's like well mm-hmm. what's the what's the next step yeah well, I mean, we know Tarantino's next steps, uh, and you're all going to be listening to it when we talk about <laughs> the next batch of his movies. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 really interesting. I was just thinking about how it's crazy that a movie this like loaded and interesting and well done is like his second movie. It's right. it's insane, yeah. and then like he's done all these other movies since then that, on an intellectual level, I don't think are are even trying to do stuff that's as interesting. Um, I don't. You, yeah, I find yeah. that really fascinating. So I like, like to compare it to kind of uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, you won't get this, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, when he first won a Super Bowl, oh, it was <laughs> like... Uh, sports boys out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sergio will understand it. And it's like, he won his first Super Bowl, and that was, what, um, two years, two seasons in, I think? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just like, all right, I finally got the Super Bowl out of the way. I don't have to, like, worry about that anymore. <laughs> That's so I can have, like, a good time. Yeah. Like, you can just relax, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why I'm in Tarantino. You just like you just have fun. I got my masterpiece in, yeah, yeah. and I can just I like guess, have fun now. I guess know? so, right? Yeah. Like in like go for it. Yeah, man. Well, like yeah. You're, he's still putting out fucking great yeah. shit. Um, yeah, I mean, and we'll see if he if he even tries to do something like this again. I think he really week. wants to try to do it again with yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Was that the yeah? Movie? Well, because that sounds already like yeah. <laughs> just, it's gonna be. But it's his uh, ninth about... film, so it's like. Well, if he's ending on a Star Trek, Dude, like, what is God. that going to be? Dude, he's... <laughs> oh, he, I don't even know. I, Tarantino, if you're listening, please don't do that as your 10th film. It's a weird it's pick, a, man. I mean, I'm not opposed to him doing it. It's just, like, I don't want that when, to be When there's a one. finite number on, yeah, yeah. On the number of like, movies he's going to make. Come on, man. I don't know. But, but I think to, to his, I guess, like, to defend him in some way... I don't think he needs to always live up to it. I mean, he's, he's well, making absolutely. the films to yeah. the yeah. You're to, right. to where where he wants. This is what he wants to make. He wanted to do his kung fu like samurai films. He did Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do his, his westerns. His westerns. Yeah. He did that. He did his war, his uh, period piece war movie. Mm-hmm. Like I think yeah. he's he's got like boxes he wants to check, and that's the way he's going about it. I mean, I've, so I I've always wanted to see him do a sci-fi, but. I, if he did if he did a Star Trek movie, I don't think that would count for me. Like I want to see him do an original, a, original sci-fi, sci-fi movie. Like yeah. that'd be I would love I that man. I don't know how well his style would mesh with sci-fi. Well, I said, don't either. It'd be weird. He said yeah. when I looked because I I wanted to know if he made any comments about sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And he said he would do a sci-fi, but it would take place on Earth. Oh, so, okay. It'd okay, be a, you know, it'd be a like, looper. You know, yeah, yeah, like something that's like future, yeah. but not you know super. Exactly. It probably just has like sci-fi elements. Probably something yeah. along the lines of I don't know, the fly or something. Yeah, you know, like right? sci-fi doesn't like, have to be can... super out of the ordinary. Right. Like, you can have it in the laboratory. Space. It doesn't have to have robots. Yeah. You know, it For can sure. be mm-hmm. weird, like genetic shit. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, guys, where are the feet? Oh man, all over. <laughs> God, and this, I, I tried to where think aren't, about it. Where aren't the feet? Is the... they're more like. In in the ether in this movie, right? Like like they talk about Mia's feet. And yeah, there's a there's there there the device. Foot? Yeah, yes. the, the the main one I notice is when um, Vince is waiting for her and she comes downstairs and you have a tracking on her feet. On her feet. And she's like, "Let's go!" And then like she does like this weird like foot. Yeah, this foot thing. Like she like she like bends her. Feet. Yeah, she like bends her feet. She, like bends Let's her go. feet and one goes up. Uh, I didn't catch yeah. that. Really? That oh, one's like yeah. super obvious. Yeah, yeah. it's and like I'm always on the lookout for Uma Thurman's And you feet. can tell <laughs> it's center frame, and you can tell like Tarantino's like, "Oh God, he's this on is, the camera." This is like, yeah. yeah, he's like about. <laughs> you see him like fapping. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> no, then like the even like the record like goes like and like it cuts to the record needle and like you see her feet do that weird. Let's go. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but any and then other they're dancing. They're dancing. They're dancing, dancing. Yeah, dancing. they take their shoes off. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then, like the whole foot massage, equating it to eating pussy. Like, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so great. And I'm sure, like, that's how Tarantino views. Like, it's, yeah, like, his own sure. views. It's like, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's had that conversation. With yeah, he, right. He's had that that uh, whole, like, dialogue exchange in a drawer since he was 15. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, he's totally. just been waiting to use that. Um, so, yeah, guys, there were the feet. Uh, we always got to talk about it each episode. And it's movie. probably 9% Uma Thurman. Probably, <laughs> probably always going to be, yeah. Um, but I feel like she probably has, like, huge Peggy Hill feet. Like, how tall is she? She's, like... <laughs> she's I pretty mean, tall, right? Yeah, like she's five. pretty tall, right? Yeah. No, she's probably, I mean, she like, looks at least like... Six, right? She's probably, at least six, six foot, right? She's probably, like, some size 12. Yeah. Mm. I, I know I know that I segment's going to be about... damn. That oh, segment's yeah. going to... That was so awkward. <laughs> I say, god damn. I love that. It's so, it's so good. Like, they made a lot of references to her, I guess, like, sleeping with a black guy, and then, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. by the African guys. And, like, I don't know. There's, like, these weird little, like, snippets of... <laughs> You, you know, racist undertones. You know Tarantino fetishes. Must be a cut. So yeah, uh, the last new segment that we have, uh, we've actually been able to talk about it. I think on both new episodes, right? It's the shooting star. Mm-hmm. Or no, we're. I don't think we were able to talk about it on Reservoir Dogs, were we? Because mm, we didn't come up with it. So I want to ask: Do you have one? Well, I mean, Buddy Holly is probably as close as it got for this one. You know, like. Steve Buscemi as Buddy Holly. Okay, so mine is actually just moments after that. Um, And I actually have two kind of small ones. One is right after that. Mm. Um, It's when the camera pans to like a little midget on roller skates in the Jackrabbit (laughs) Slims, and he says, Call for Philip Morris! And I was like, what the fuck? Was it the cigarettes? Like the cigarette company? I I guess so, but I, I I remember being like, that's weird that's a weird yeah. thing to keep in the, the Buscemi one for me too definitely and then the dialogue yeah, yeah. there like it's very like everything he does is a fucking reference like for sure then yeah. he calls her Peggy Sue he's fucking Buddy Holly yeah, yeah and yeah. then the the reference to the shakes like I think he calls it was it a Lewis and uh yeah Martin and Lewis because or do you chocolate want, and or yeah. it was like the, <laughs> yeah. a black comedy duo and yeah, then a white yeah. comedy duo <laughs> Just every line in that scene is like... It's just a it's reference. Like, just yeah. fucking pile it on <laughs> like, with him. Yeah. Yeah. I like a whole dialogue in the whole movie. I think, like that. <laughs> I think another one was... Uh, the the When they first shoot... Um, the, the big kahuna guy, the Brett, right? Was yeah. that, was Brad, 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 Brad. I think Brett. Yeah, well, they start unloading on him. And you see flashes of like gold, gold and red, yeah, like a word. right. It's yeah. it's really weird. I and that I never too. caught that. Some people say that it's it's alluding to what's in the briefcase, is it because it's the same color? But what's weird is that they do the same scene of them shooting him later on at the end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And there, it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't happen. Have that. Oh, okay. So it's like, huh. there's obviously intention mm-hmm. of like why those the, those lights happen who who is it shooting when that happens i missed that, that, the, that. the burger guy the burger dude Brad, oh, the guy in the chair yeah. where they both like shoot yeah. it's just like behind him <laughs> so it shows jules and then you see the like two flashes of light yeah and with vincent a few flashes of the amber light and i'm thinking it's like something to do with like the the briefcase right i mean i want to like yeah. I want to see weird. like those two those scenes again. See what's different in each one because I'm sure mm-hmm. there's like yeah that ties into uh, my biggest shooting star, which is the first and the last scene in the movie. Um, Honey Bunny and pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin yeah. and Honey Bunny. Um, so the the 
like infamous line of dialogue at the beginning. Any of you fucking pricks move, and I'll execute every one of you motherfuckers. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. It flipped it. That's dumb. Uh, any of you fucking pricks move, and I'm going to execute every motherfucking last one of you. That's what it says at the beginning. And at the end of the movie, in the same exact moment, she says, any of you fucking pricks move, and I'll execute every one of you motherfuckers. Got that? And it's just a, it just caught me off guard because I was like, that seems weird some that you Rashomon would. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's some like... <laughs> right? Yeah. Because the perspective has it, changed. It's absolutely yeah. the Rashomon stuff. Yeah. Because you're... You're focused on Jules in the last scene, mm-hmm. and then you're focused on Amanda Plummer and Tim Roth on the first scene. So it's just showing like the two different um, perspectives, which is super yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, like being able to to have that awareness, you know, mm-hmm. that you know that you should be looking at this person's perspective and this. Yeah, one, and know? then cutting yeah. it all out of sequence and still. And it still had like a sequence to it. Like, Tarantino's sort of, autistic, right? Yeah, he's got to be. Like, he's he's, he's got to be for sure. Dude, <laughs> if you listen to him talk for more than yeah. two minutes, right? yeah, you're exactly. like, this guy's on some other shit. Yeah, there's shit. something like wrong with this dude. And like, and, like you always think like, oh, he, he probably just does coke all the time, yeah. and he very well might. I don't but think he, talks, he does. Yeah, he, I, I think he, he talked just... about how he used to, and that used yeah. to be part of his process. But like not anymore. Like for like a couple decades, I think. I think that, he was that explains why like, Pulp Fiction was is so fucking nuts. Yeah. It's like so where do we go next, Adam? We all go get some cocaine. I think is what we need. Yeah, we need to get some. Well, that's Stephen King's method, right? Cocaine. Stephen King was just like. Well, that cocaine. that'll give you a maximum overdrive. Like that'll give you a big old stinking pile of shit. But it also gives you. Like, it gives you it and kids like fucking in a, in a oh sewer. Oh so. dude! But according to Eric Stoltz, coke is out. It's all about heroin now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. God damn, man! This was only like seven years after fucking Back to the Future. Yeah, that's what dust. I was like. And what's or funny? Wait, who was he in? Uh, he was Marty McFly. Yeah, he was going to be Marty, and then they, they filmed the whole like, thing. Like, oh, Family Ties uh, gave me some time. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, wait, Eric wait, Stoltz. explain, yeah. explain this to me. So Eric Stoltz was the original Marty McFly. They filmed, what? I think, the entire movie, and what? then they were like, "This isn't really." Well, are you serious? Yeah, what, what it was was the Mechas wanted um, Michael J. Fox originally. Okay. Michael J. Fox couldn't do it because Family Ties was like huge at the time. Yeah, no, and he didn't so, have a schedule. Yeah, exactly. So then his schedule opened up, and they were already like mid-film through the Eric Stoltz shit. And, and they like, just like deleted. So Megas was like, "Yeah, I don't like this. I want fucking. Yeah. I want Michael J. They Fox." Wow. They pulled a Han Solo and just fucking. There's like a shot where it's actually Eric Stoltz from behind. <laughs> like, wow, they, I didn't they, know use, that. they use like a I've shot seen I've seen the, the pictures, and it's like it's a little off-putting because he yeah. looks a little. More mature and like grown up than there's Marty a lot McFly. of drama with Back to the Future, isn't there? Because like with uh, the Kristen script, Glover, yeah. like he he has something. Oh yeah, well like on a... part two they used yeah. like a guy that looked just like him yeah. and they recast him. Like they didn't even offer him the oh, role. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then the the script, um, the the probably the reason that everybody holds that movie up and says that it's like perfect, which it pretty much is, is because they wrote it for like twelve years. And so like that's why they were able to work out every yeah. single thing. Right? Yeah. yeah exactly. I love Back to the Future though. Dude, that movie is so fucking good, man. We almost did as a mecha season and I'm holding out that yeah. we might at some point. I don't know. Oh, you already did Spielberg, against. so Yeah, it was it was gonna be the whole like I was like Spielberg. Lesser Spielberg. Yeah, Lesser Spielberg. Yeah. You were gonna do Rife and well, you, should, you should do JJ Abrams and Zemeckis, the Lesser Spielbergs. Fucking... That that have nobody for Adam to latch <laughs> on. No, I'll just be like I'll just have my like arms crossed. <laughs> I don't like them. I, I like, like either of them. Yeah. There's no Mom, depth Zemeckis to these. Neither of these is postmodern. I'm sorry I like to think about things, you fuck. 
Where's the vagina symbolism? <laughs> oh, my name's Brett. I just want to cry every time I watch a movie. Yeah, dude. You just feel... it. That's legit me, dude. <laughs> Were you crying during Pulp Fiction? Like, when, when Brad died? Adam's like, uh, I want shameful masturbation after my film. No, but the scene when... when <laughs> right? The scene when Butch goes back to save Marcellus, is, is, it was, like, really emotional. I was like, oh, dude, this guy fucking rules, man. Yeah, Such right. A good guy. It's funny how like, I remember you telling me. He's <laughs> not gonna let his friends get raped. Well, that's what. <laughs> no, I, I love. Yeah, I know. I love is. his character because yeah. with Fabian, remember when she doesn't? She confirms that she forgot the watch. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he goes into a rage and he throws yeah. like a TV, but then he chooses. Yeah. To like not do like, anything not more your... about well, it. Well, then he justifies yeah. it with logic to himself. Mm. He's like, he's like, there's no reason mm. you would have known any different. I didn't tell yeah. you to like, um, yeah. like prioritize it. Like, like, and that's so cool to mm. like see a protagonist, especially mm. in a Tarantino movie. Mm. Like when everybody's usually so mean. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it was like, he, he freaked out not because she forgot it because of the situation. He's like, yeah. fuck, like now I have to go back and get it. There's, I have no other options. But he was it. saying that she, he was a, she was a fucking retard in like the, oh, the yeah. car. He's like, I oh, told yeah. her specifically. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, that's what's cool is that in front of her, you decide I'm going to choose not to like put this on her. Mm-hmm. But it's know, also relatable, like from a, yeah. a like a long-term relationship standpoint. Yeah. Like, you don't want to yeah. let little things well, that's like what's, that. That's, that's the cool. duality of it. Yeah, well, yeah. It's so good. But that's what's cool is that when he got the watch, it was right next to a picture of her. Yeah, oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. catch that. I was yeah, like, that's oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, and I, I think uh, yeah, it was important to him, but mm. not as important as you know losing her either. Like, yeah, you know, he really cared. It showed that he really does care about her. Yeah, even though she was kind of like Lolita, weird, mm. like <laughs> childlike, and I was <laughs> really... so weird. Yeah, her character was hot, man. Um, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> One of those weird. Uh, Would you French give girls. me auto pleasure? <laughs> yeah, he went down on her, man. That's that's when you like know. That's when you know a good, you're, that's a good guy. Yeah, when, no, he's no he's no fucking Khalid yeah, or uh, what's his name? Was no, not Wiz Khalid. What's his fucking name? I oh, Wiz um, Khalid. No, DJ Cal- Khaled. Khalid. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> DJ Khalid. He's like I'm I'm king. I don't go down on my girl. Yeah, that's Brent. I'm white. That's Sorry. Brent. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Mia Khalifa. <laughs> I like. I like her music. I like her music. <laughs> oh boy, we gotta keep this train moving, guys. It's getting, it's getting late. And anyways, so um, just a few things about historical context, 1994, because mm. I, I feel like we've covered a lot about historical context anyway, but yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, G- Generation X. I feel like um, Tarantino was definitely part of that tro- troop. And um, it, I remember seeing a behind-the-scenes um, uh, while he was directing the the torture scene. He was wearing a Dazed and Confused shirt. Oh, hey. And, uh, so, yeah, you know. definitely Gen, Is, would Gen you, X. Would you say that fits under our new segment, Generation X-Men Director Origins? <laughs> Semicolon Wolverine, Tarantino. I think that fits perfectly into that new segment, that I, very I thought, yeah, thought, uh, breezy segment. Yes. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So a little tie into tie the previous, previous season, season yeah. right? And apparently, he what Tarantino's. That's one of Tarantino's favorite, favorite movies. movies. Top yeah. ten, right? I think. Yeah, was, uh, I think so. Days that came out the year before. I think. I think it was ninety three. That uh, days came out. Man, he he somehow got a shirt. In that, <laughs> they're, they're, he's probably friends with them because I think Tarantino shot. 
No, I'm thinking of Robert Rodriguez, who shot in Texas a lot. I, yeah, yeah, I just don't know how he... I'm sure they yeah. probably all were. Did they go to UT, or where'd they go? Um, Tarantino he, stayed in California. Was it UCLA, time. or where did they he meet? Never, Tarantino never went to college. He, yeah. Uh, where did he meet Robert Rodriguez? That's like a weird I don't know yeah, how he met right? Robert Rodriguez, but Robert Rodriguez <laughs> could have met uh, Winklater at UT. That would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ryman, like this yeah, movie. I know he was like a college student, and yeah. that's when he did uh, Mariachi and all that shit, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't talk about San Antonio, you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> God, fuck, fuck Robert Rodriguez. Is this, is, that's, that's on. Sell out. Yeah. That's, that's on the record, right, guys? Fuck, fuck Rob, Robert Rodriguez. He's the uh, Tarantino's dude. Robert Zemeckis. The, all, every great person has he's a, a shitty. Tarantino's Robert Zemeckis. Every great director has a shitty Robert behind them. Yeah, he's Tarantino's uh, Nicholas Winding Rifle. No, I'm going to make a channel for Mexicans and call it El Rey. Whatever, dude. Go back to making your your Western films. What are you doing? El Rey. God. Ever since he broke up with that one girl from Planet Terror, you know, everything just went down. Rose McGowan? Yeah, Yeah. Rose McGowan. And she went fucking off the rails. You know what? Planet Terror is his last good movie. Planet Terror is amazing. That movie's fucking great, yeah. But yeah, um, that's all I got for historical context. What would PTA do if he had to do Pulp Fiction? Let's just get through this real quick, fellas. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we do a new thing on this segment. Where if we can't think of anything good, we just kind of talk just, about. We don't just kind of poor talk sport. About stuff. Try something. Uh, <laughs> what would his? You know what his? Okay, okay. Paul Thomas just Anderson. Say inherent vice and then move on. No, no, no. PTA <laughs> is something. Something inherent. I'm not vice. gonna. I'm not gonna go the easy route. Okay. PTA's version of Pulp Fiction is Magnolia. So what else has been going on, guys? What else you got going on in your lives? And... No, it is though. No, right? yeah, yeah, like yeah. without without the crime, it's like it's like. Well, well if no, you put Boogie crime, Nights spliced with Magnolia, you get Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, mm. yeah. it's more nineties yeah. than seventies, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Magnolia. I think about instead. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Right. Instead of but trying to do this, average them. <laughs> Let's just talk about how the careers are going. I mean, like, mm-hmm. Pete, like I feel like I absolutely, like, I always say Reservoir Dogs is my number one, and I, I kind of just keep it there just because, like, it, it that's just a personal thing because that's what got me into movies mm-hmm. was when I saw that. And, like, on a more objective level, like, Pulp Fiction is, like, fucking top-notch. Like, mm-hmm. it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. And so not to say that, the following films after Tarantino does are bad. Mm-hmm. They're just not on that same like God to your love, you know. And then he PTA, cocaine. <laughs> right? And then PTA, he he just seems to be like kind of steadily going upwards. I yeah, mean, he he he's growing as a filmmaker. Right. Where I think yeah. Tarantino peaked, and now he's just kind of like descending and, and doing what he. But wants. he's getting better technically. Yeah, technically, I, I Tarantino's agree getting with better that. technically. Yeah, then, we're like, gonna have a lot yeah. to talk about in shots yeah. on later movies. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. even on, on Pulp Fiction, you notice there's like some some of the shots that are kind of soft, some, yeah. and then like where he kind of like you see him like come back into mm-hmm. focus a bit, and like there's just a lot of it doesn't like the, the intentional close-ups. He does them a lot better now when he mm. does like stuff like that. It's more subtle, more. But it's yeah, also it's got like, that indie feel to it. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's also budget. I mean, yeah, resources. I mean, you get better cinematographers. I mean, you, everything like factors into money eventually. Yeah, I mean, the cinematographer like broke his legs during like the filming, and he was like oh, in shit. a wheelchair like most of the in film. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit, that's wild. <laughs> that Wait, weird. what other? It was one of Spielberg's movies that that happened in, right? 
We I feel like what? we've had this conversation on a previous season. Somebody broke their legs. Oh, fuck, man. Uh, tweet at me if you know. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree that I think, uh, like, Tarantino's kind of, like, staying in his zone. Like, we'll see how Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out. I think that yeah. movie has the potential to be something, like, really something fucking special. special. Yeah. Like, dude, Tom, like, who's in? Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt? DiCaprio, DiCaprio, Timothy Oliphant's, like, a lead, which has me <laughs> yeah. excited. I fucking love Kurt that. Russell? Kurt Russell, uh, Burt Reynolds. Like, <laughs> yeah, that movie has a... And not even uh, Sharon Tate. Um, oh, Mario Robbie? Robbie. Pretty, yeah. yeah. Is she confirmed? She's actually confirmed? <clears throat> she is, yeah. Okay. Um, I want to see who plays Charles Manson. That's going to be... It better be Walt, Walt, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins, all the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah that guy's badass. Uh, yeah. It's interesting about casting choices with Tarantino because he seems to get mad about having like beautiful people in movies. <laughs> it's like he was saying how much he liked the town, but he didn't like that there was like pretty Ben Affleck and then all these pretty people who are supposed to be gangsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he wants like ugly people to be like. Well, then, yeah, he's, yeah, he's stuck yeah. on the grittiness, the reality of yeah. things. I mean, not everybody's pretty. People that do those jobs aren't good looking. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's speaking of actors. I was just thinking that like actors are never better than they are in a PTA or Tarantino movie, right? Never like, better I can't, than they are. I can't. Like, yeah. They never like, reach that same. Well, they high exactly like they're never wise. like they're they reach their peak in either of the director's movies. Well, Daniel Day Lewis and Lincoln. I don't think it's his peak, though. Did you, were you saying that as a joke, or? Well, I just it was the first thing that came to mind. Well, no, he I mean, won he's the award it. for, but you know, he won for There Will Be Blood too, right? Like he, he for There Will I Be Blood. I think he did. Yeah. I think he yeah. did. But There Will Be Blood, I, I think, is his best performance. I think so too. I mean, he's fucking great in Lincoln, but like, and he's I, I fucking think, amazing in Phantom Thread too, man. Yeah, they're just so like they know how to work with actors. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody else. They're does. Just, they are actors, directors for sure. Those two. When they, yeah. when they write, they write for, you know, a particular person. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with Sam Jackson, they wrote that role for him. Yeah, yeah. you're right. PTA does that. He knows who he's writing for when he's writing yeah. a script. Mm-hmm. And I think they're able to tweak on the fly, too. If they're like, okay, somebody... Like, oh, that's another trivia thing. That bartender in the oh, Marcella yeah. scene, he was... Yeah. He almost took the role from Sam Jackson. It was written for Sam Jackson. Oh, who, that's right. I recognize the actor. What was his name? What, England something? Yeah, something like that. Was he the guy that played Shaft? No, that was no, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel well, no, Jackson. you're thinking of the new movie. I'm thinking of the show. Like, I know I recognized that actor, and I was like, I, I, I've seen him in something other than this movie. But Lando yeah. Calrissian? No, that was it. It was Billy D. Williams. Yeah, yeah, it was Billy like, D. Williams. <laughs> Marcellus did have like a bootleg Billy D. Williams with him. I was like, who's this guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. But, uh, yeah, so that's our version of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. He would have cast Daniel Day-Lewis. God, what a Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he definitely would have. Well, I think there was also a meta sense to John Travolta being casted. Yeah, I think he he saw the potential in that. Yeah, because of the, again, pop culture, right? Like, he had such an impact. Yeah. It was originally intended for Michael Madsen, who was Mr. Blonde. And, yeah. Uh, and he's also a wider. He's Earth, also a Vega uh, last name. They're both exactly. the same. Uh, the brothers. They're brothers, yeah. He wanted to... Tarantino said he wanted someone... He wanted the character to be more philosophical, Vincent. So I guess that's why I could see Michael Madsen. Because like his, his Mr. Blonde character is completely like 
a psychopath. He's yeah. really like, much of a philosopher. That guy just like chews up dialogue. Like I could definitely <laughs> see, but I even still, I don't think John Travolta's like ever been better than yeah. he is in this But movie. I mean, Michael Madsen could have. I mean, like I could see that. I, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been opposed to Michael Madsen being Vincent. You know, yeah, it still would have been. It yeah, would have been so it would have been great. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just it really worked for him, and it like re, it like re, like brought his career back <laughs> yeah. from fucking death. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Travolta. Yeah, yeah. And then he I guess so. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was definitely in like peak Scientology during Pulp Fiction. And well, no, Battlefield Earth because it was like I'm gonna jerk. Oh well, yeah, that was like off, really, like... <laughs> really peak. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with PTA and XP. fucking Tarantino working with these goddamn Scientologists? <laughs> has he worked with Tom? Wait, Tom Cruise? PTA has. I think they're just. Oh, so... you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I think right. just like being part of being in Hollywood. I know yeah, what are you gonna do? You can't get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise was almost in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, and I would have loved to see Tom Cruise in a fucking Tarantino movie, man. Can you imagine that shit? I can't. That's why it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. It's not reality. So. Just yeah. cut him loose, man. Yeah, we, yeah. we, just need, a, we need a move God, on. Let him go full yeah. Oprah. <laughs> we need to move on from, from uh, Tom Cruise. And we also need to move on with this podcast. So... Uh, here we are at the end of it. Just maybe some uh, closing comments. It's cool seeing it again, you know, with just like fresh eyes after like five, six years of not seeing it all the way through. I always catch like the the Zed rape scene or like <laughs> the fucking like I'll catch like five, mm-hmm. ten minutes of it randomly. Like it, it captivates you. Like see it on TV. And you yeah, see you're like, like, oh, I gotta watch. Yeah, like now. wait, <laughs> shit, I gotta go to work. There's so, like you know, something <laughs> happens. But like I actually sat down and watching it all again was mm. really awesome. And like you now as an adult, I catch so many more things than I did. You know, even as a teenager, like just the, sure. the 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 level of thought in the meticulousness and the intent of every scene and every piece of of the set, every pe- uh, piece of dialogue, like mm-hmm. it's brilliant. I'm like, I can see now why he's held in such high regard from a filmmaking perspective, mm-hmm. not just like a you know popularity, pop culture, yeah, pop yeah. culture perspective. Because mm-hmm. and definitely, like I feel like that was an unintended um, <laughs> thing with Tarantino. Like he yeah. wanted it to be offensive and subversive. But people say, oh, it's so cool, it's super violent, bro, and they say, fuck, and like, it's so cool, like, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, that's not the meaning of it, it's supposed to, he's exactly. intentionally doing that to offend you and kind of... You're supposed to you. look inward. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Analyze it. But yeah, and I think, ultimately from, that's what I got from it, I'm like, I saw it with, from a different perspective now as an adult than I had, mm-hmm. you know, even like as a young adult in my, like, early 20s. You know, just it's there's so much more to it than just the surface of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I I hadn't seen this movie, like I said, in probably four or five years at least, too. And like, definitely this time I picked up on so much more. And I like it's it's really weird because I always held this movie. I was always like, Pulp Fiction. That's always going to be my favorite Tarantino movie. Like it it just is, (laughs) and it's fascinating how like I even thought that without fully understanding like. Yeah. a lot of the different aspects to right. it and like e- like even like this time being the first time that I actually fully understood like the Christopher Walken watch scene as being yeah. like the drive and like purpose behind like Bruce Willis's character and like actually this time like I told you like uh, it's like growing up is uh, is learning that 
Bruce Willis is the hero you're supposed to root for instead of uh, Jules, yeah. in a sense. Because, like, he's the real, like, moral center of the movie. And I really, like, caught that this time through. And even on top of that, just the fact that, like, every component to this movie is so well done. Like, all the all the dialogue is incredible. Like, all the actors have, like, probably never been better than they have in this movie. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's timeless. There's a reason it's like an American classic. So, mm. yeah. I mean, copy and paste all of that, <laughs> you know, and put it into my mouth because I agree completely. Mm. Um, yeah, because for me, like, I never, like, I, I, I saw Pulp Fiction, like I said, in high school, and I thought it was cool. But it wasn't as cool to me as Reservoir Dogs was, mm. you know, back then. Because I was like, oh, you know, everybody's in a black suited black tie in Reservoir Dogs. And there's only two guys yeah. <laughs> black suits and two, you know, it's black like, ties. Like, you need more God, black like, suits and black like ties. Three times better than Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was also like kind of, I was kind of like a vanilla kid where like I wasn't into hair, you know, like yeah. I didn't. Really I give this two suits out of ten. <laughs> right, and it's like I wouldn't. I rather see violence than to see drug use, like in high school. Oh, know. absolutely, yeah. So, and Ray you know, Ray. it kind of yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> seriously, um, but yeah, you know, just over the years, it kind of just uh, you know, I I would watch Pulp Fiction if you know once and like oh, and I still don't quite get it. And this is finally the I saw it twice before, like twice recently before we um, did the podcast. And this is finally, like, the time I fully understand... Not fully, but, like, I finally, like, get the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? fully appreciate it. I yeah. Because yeah. I just feel like... I don't. It sounds pretentious, but it's just, like... I feel like I've developed enough in, like, film to finally pick up on all these <clears throat> things that Tarantino was doing, you know, that yeah. we talked about. And... Because, like, I, I think it, I, I contribute a lot of that to... You know, postmodernism, like knowing what that is, knowing what postmodernism yeah. is about, mm-hmm. and knowing that that's what this it's like. Like this is probably the first. I mean, the the thing that really set off postmodernism in film is Pulp Fiction. You know, yeah. Well, like it, was the, it was the '90s indie film movement, right? Yeah. When it comes to postmodern film, like mm. right, like the Gen X movement, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can talk about Days and Confused, but that was not what really because like Pulp Fiction made a hundred, it broke a hundred million. Mm-hmm. I think it broke two hundred. Yeah, that's what I was reading. So and it was off eight million. So it's like obviously now there's like okay, let's start doing all these. Yeah, let's open the floodgates yeah. for. <laughs> let's he started a movement, you know. Mm-hmm. But now everybody wants to be. I know it's like the yeah. movement's been soiled. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know it's it doesn't it doesn't soil Pulp Fiction. Yeah, like no matter what, this movie is like a uh, it, it's it's pure. If you, it's like pure heroin. You know, you 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 know that this is the good stuff, not the not the bad stuff. <laughs> none yeah, of that, none of that shit from Inglewood. <laughs> Edward, Edward. Edward, Edward. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that should conclude um, today's podcast. Do we have any plugs here, Sergio? No plugs here. No plugs. No, uh, no, no. I mean, yeah, listen to all the all the Sticker Fridge podcasts. Yeah. Go to stickerfridge.com backslash podcast. I should say forward slash. I've been correcting on that before. <laughs> um, yeah, we have like six there now. It's fucking nuts. Uh, 
listen to any of those, all of those. They're they're all great. Um, listen to the Delphin Pod podcasts. Uh-huh. Those are also great. Uh, Revenge of the Sequel and mm-hmm. Countdown to Infinity. And I think they are going on hiatus now. Now that what? we have to wait a while. Uh, Countdown to Infinity. Now that there's no Marvel oh. movies. You know, I like, just met up with them last night for the oh, 48. Oh, that's right. You're going to have to tell me about that. And uh, I didn't ask them about it. <laughs> but I will say on the podcast, I'm sure whenever this comes out, we're still in development. But hey, let us know if you want to, you know, help out with the 48. If you're in San Antonio, Texas, and you're and you have talents that have to do with filmmaking, or you just want to have a good time with some boys, or if yeah. you want to give Adam oral pleasure, yeah, oral pleasure. You have to be you, you have to be a French girl though. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> or Bruce. You have to have a little. Have have a little hey, value. if Bruce Willis said, "Hey, Adam, I'm gonna give you oral pleasure," I'm like you know what? Well, all right. There's only it's, it's only Bruce Willis. How could you say no to Bruce Willis? <laughs> That's just what he's doing now. He's going around to amateur film crews and like blowing young, young guys. It's for good luck. Hey, don't sue us for uh, for slander. Um, we love you, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is a hard goal. He's a good guy. His will to suck dick is unbreakable. So oh shit! Oh yeah, that's what it's almost like a do. sixth sense for him. Yeah, it's like. Would you die hard for that blowjob? Oh, this is no. moonlighting. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, let's let's That's not pretty good, guys. Let's not cop out here. Right? <laughs> Look who's talking! Oh, oh shit! Oh. All right, and on that note, guys, thanks, Serge, for being on, man. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, it's always sure. awesome, man. Um, and uh, yeah, see you guys uh, next week. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Love you so much, can't count all the ways I died for you, girl, and all they can say is he's not your kind. They never get tired of putting me down, and I never know when I come around what I'm gonna find. Don't let them break up your mind.